0: Welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I am your host, Billund On this podcast, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come and share their life and career journeys with you. From entrepreneurs to nine to fivers, join us as each guest takes you through all of the highs and all of the lows of their journeys that have led them to being who they are today. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of she Brigade. Today's guest is Nobutle Ndlovu. Nobukle is an investment professional with over 10 years experience in the mergers and acquisitions and private equity spaces in Africa and other emerging markets. To say Nobutle is multifaceted is honestly an understatement. She's passionate about education, mentoring startups and businesses, and doing work across the continent. She also completed her MBA at the University of Oxford, with distinction by the way. Nobita is also fluent in five languages, including Mandarin. And when she's not working, she documents her travels across Africa and abroad on her travel blog. Today, Nobita takes us through her journey in the investment world and so, so, so much more. So, let's dive in. Hey, Nobita, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hi. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here. So we would like to start from the beginning in, on this podcast, right? So take us all the way back. Take us back to when you were growing up. You as a child, um, your school, and your upbringing, and everything. Okay,
1: um, that's quite a lot, but okay, <laughs>
0: it's quite a lot.
1: Um, uh, where would I start? I would say I was, I was a bit of a precocious child, a little quiet. Um, the joys of being an only child is like you know you spend uh, a lot of lot of time by yourself, mm-hmm. lots of reading. Lots of spending a lot of time with people who are older than me, so always in conversations that have nothing, nothing to do with me. Um, (laughs) But kind of always enjoyed school, played a lot of sports as a kid. Uh, What did you play? I played basketball for most of my high school career. So provincial colours, drafted for South Africa. Oh. Um, oh, no, Nicole. I was, yeah.
0: Oh, you, <laughs> I, you, like I, you played sports. I was you in it. Like. <laughs> I was in it to win
1: it. Okay, um, okay, Yeah, so fun times. I was first team, Pretoria Girls High, basketball as well. Um. But then I didn't matriculate in South Africa. So I think when I was 15, 16, I applied for a United World College. Yeah, UWC. Um. I currently sit on the board of them actually as well. Oh, wow. So amazing, amazing opportunity. I, got a full scholarship to finish up high school in Canada. Um, the whole ethos of of UWC is, you know, how can you really get to know people and how can we create world peace, um, without getting to know people from around the world. And so it was really created in the, in the height of, um, around the seventies and eighties and the world was in strife and people didn't know each other. And so. You apply to your committee in each country. You get a full scholarship, and so the whole emphasis is that regardless of where you're you're stationed in life, if you really want to make a difference, if you really are good academically, you should be able to get a scholarship. Yeah. Whether your parents have a lot of money, whether your parents don't have a lot of money, it kind of puts everyone in a the same equal
0: footing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how did you even know about it? How did you get to apply? Like, man, you know, (laughs) because like we just just going to school and just going through the motions to sort of matriculate and.
1: So I'm not like a huge believer in just like karma and that like certain things happen for a reason always. Um, so I was a boarder at Girls High and a girl who was a year above me, um, Zama, actually got this this full scholarship, one of them the year before, and she went to school in the US. Um, and then I was I was home in Stanga, tiny town in in KZN, uh, where we used to live back then, and Randomly, my mom was like, "Oh, I saw this article," and she would like cut it out and she saved it for like a few weeks. And it was like one of my border weekends when I went home, and she was like, "Oh, I saw this article. It just it seems like something you'd be into." Ah. And I was like, "Oh, so random." I'm pretty sure Zama just like got mentioned this, this. Mentioned this st- like a few weeks ago when she was like packing up and leaving, and like she was one of our brightest girls high as well. So everyone, all the teachers were like, "Oh, you can't go. Like, why would you want to do that?" And she was like, "It's a full scholarship <laughs> to." <laughs> school in the US why would I not want to go? Um, So randomly the guy and actually I I now sit on the board with him he he was actually from my hometown and he was like oh if anyone's interested I'll be in the library between day A, B and C I'm very happy to just meet up and have a conversation about the scholarship and if you're, in, if you're interested, call me, text me and my mom called him. I went to meet him without well, my mom, which is very strange. But, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. And he told me about it. I applied, I think each year we, had, we at the time. And now we had about like 500 um, um, applications from across South Africa. You go mm-hmm. through regional selections. So KZN has the interviews and then South Africa also has the interviews. And I think that year we had seven or eight scholarships. So out of the 500 people, um going through it we they chose six or seven people for these scholarships across the world oh wow congrats that's (laughs) that's big (laughs) it was it was it was a little little different because i was fairly happy with my life to be honest like not in a bad way and i I remember even saying this to them during the interview and they were like oh what if you don't get the scholarship i was like honestly i'm doing fairly well i'm playing first team i'm really happy academically i'm doing really well really good friends really great family i I can't complain. I'm yeah. pretty sure if I don't get the scholarship, I'll go to UCT. Yeah. I might do accounting or econ. Yeah, you know, I'll be squatted. And I think they were just like, oh. Okay. Okay. All oh, of so that eager. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I guess, like, you'll be fine. I was like, yeah, and if you
0: give me this particular scholarship, I'm not going. Because A, B, and C, they're like, oh, okay. Okay, so speaking about that, did you know what you wanted to do um, when you, like, what did you want to be when you grew what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? And what were you, what were, like, what path were you on or trying to take yourself on?
1: An accountant.
0: Of course. <laughs> and I, I only say of course because it's one of the more traditional roles that we uh, grow up seeing. It's so terrible, right? Because I think it's one of those things where I, I,
1: you know, how in high school at some point in grade 10, they do the split where you either yes. go more science or more. The subject. And yes. I was still right in the middle. I was doing accounting, I was doing bio, I was doing physics, I, I was doing chemistry. So I was fully in it to win it with everything i was doing well and everything i knew i didn't want to be a doctor because like i have a few doctors in the family but also the side of blood and me <laughs> are not so i was like oh i love accounting i love math and like like through and through my whole life math has always been like the one that like, i've been really good at i've been first in class for it across the board so i was like oh counting seems logical i'm a yeah. very logical person so, like things balance the end you know um, so when, when I got the scholarship, I wanted to be an accountant and I went, to, <laughs> I went to UWC, while well, they didn't offer accounting as one of the subjects at my, at my UWC. Oh. And so I was like, oh, okay. Uh, all right. And I was like, okay, what's kind of close to like econ? is like more about like the economy and, 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 and macro things. So I was like, oh, this seems, this could be up my alley. And yeah. I like, started doing economics and I, I loved it so much. I also had like one of the best teachers, like this really like full of energy guy from Guatemala, um, Samuel, loved it, loved it, loved it. I still did sciences and I started like not enjoying sciences as much. And then you realize that actually there were so many subjects that hadn't been offered in my high school that I now had access to. And mm. so that I now all of a sudden I'm like taking philosophy higher, which was something I've never have done in South Africa in high school. Mm. Um, yeah. So at some point I was like, oh, I'm going to be an economist with like, a philosophy minor, which I didn't do, but. Yeah, that's essentially how I switched from being, wanting to be an accountant to wanting to be an economist.
0: Okay, um, so I feel like you going to UWC exposed you to so much and um, just looking at all the places you've studied, you've pretty much studied all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. All right? Not a little so, bit. So maybe take us through your educational journey okay. uh, post high school.
1: Perfect, perfect. So. Again, you know, the pool of home. So UWC is only two years long. It's the last two years of high school and you do the International Baccalaureate. And so for a bit, I was like, oh, I might go back to, I might go to UCT after this. You yeah, know? quite a few people do. Um, and then it's and then recruiting season starts. And like people really take universities really seriously in North America. Right. I'm in Canada. It's the only high school in the world where all the Ivy Leagues come and recruit together. So they have a day when they all come mm. and just meet the students. And I was like, oh, okay, well, oh, I've just never really thought about like any of the Ivy Leagues, or, like any of the really good liberal arts schools before. Um, and so I applied to a few places and my top choice was Middlebury College, where I ended up going, because at the time I was really into economics, I was really into languages, mm-hmm. I was I was studying French, and they're rated at probably one of the best language schools in the world. And so it kind of made sense. And I just had a really good interview with, with um, the head of admissions, who was the one um, doing interviews at my school that day. Mm -hmm. I just fell in love. I'd never been, I had quite a few friends from the year before who were there and they were like, oh, you'll love it. It's amazing. It's open. You're into sports. Everyone's into sports. You'll just, you'll fit right in. Um, So I got into Middlebury College. I went to Middlebury College. um, Got a really massive scholarship to go. So for most of it, like I only paid like a, a small amount towards my, but, I mean, my parents only paid a small amount towards my <laughs> my school fees, but I was on a $40,000 scholarship each year, so that went a long way. Um, yeah, so uh, I did uh, international politics and econ um, and Chinese, and I made it in African studies. And if you'd asked me what I was going to do with that, I still would have been like, I have no absolute, I have absolutely no idea. I just really
0: enjoy the subjects, but like... That's so nice that you rather chose subjects you enjoy versus... Picking a career because I think often when we think of what we're going to study, we pick a career and we pick whatever goes with that career. Yeah, Versus you now, it sounds like you actually picked your subject and then you you've let that guide. Well, not guide, but you've used that to get to a career. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I mean I'd interned the summer between high school and university. I actually had interned in London at Standard Chartered Bank. Um, it was a thing through my high school where we all interviewed for these three positions each summer which is amazing like the first time you're away from home and you're in this big city and they're paying you Mm. for very little because i don't know anything at that age right um so i think that summer actually just really emphasized a lot of like what i kind of wanted to do because at the point i wanted to go into development I, Mm. i knew i wanted to make a positive difference in the world i just wasn't entirely sure how and so it was really weird that the person I interned with um, had actually worked at Oxfam before. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm thinking also Oxfam, United like United um, Nations, that kind of vibe, you know, because yeah. you really want to like save the world. And he was like, I would strongly advise you to actually work for a corporate because they have more money and they actually they actually do track their spending as opposed to NGOs that just give money and then go you go and spend it. And so it was like very strange because I was like, oh, OK, really? Like, he's like, yeah, I... I would, whatever you do, I would actually look at a job that's quantifiable and you know you can go, actually, if someone gives me a dollar of money, I can tell you that I spent that dollar doing on A, B, and C yeah. and I made a difference. And so, yeah, that kind of, that's how I kind of shifted my, my thinking more towards, okay, maybe banking whilst I was at university, this would be interesting. Um, I study Chinese, so I went on study abroad my third year to China. Well, someone called me and they said they wanted, they were doing... Um, they're opening up a China-Africa desk in 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 China. And by this time, I was actually fluent in Chinese. And I'm like, oh, you've interned with us before, yeah. summer don't you want to intern again this summer? I was like, sure, okay, will you pay me? And they were like, no. And so I was like, oh, okay, so this is also a problem. You can't just expect me to intern and like not I'm give paid. me money to stay <laughs> in a foreign country for like yeah. three months, yeah. you know? But then like the school was really great about like internships so they gave me a ton of money not a ton of money enough <laughs> money to pay for like my room and board for the summer so i interned uh went back to school finished mm-hmm. up my senior year um yeah and then someone called me <laughs> whilst i was looking for a job and i was thinking maybe new york but also i'm not really entirely sure about new york because i really do want to go home someone called me from the janice office and was like oh we heard you were interning in beijing uh would you like a job and i was like sure okay
0: and then you came back home. I came back home. <laughs> you came back home. <laughs> <laughs>
1: my parents were very happy. I can so. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I was super, super happy. But yeah, so I moved back home. But I, I kind of moved back to Johannesburg, which is obviously now home. But at the time, I'd never lived in Johannesburg. Jeez. Most of my family's all in Durban. So it was quite, it's also quite a, it's quite different. Considering that I'd lived in so many different places. But also so many of these different places were no offense a bit safer i never of, needed of a car i yeah. could just walk to the subway always be in new york be in beijing be in london so it just was a bit of a shift mentally as well going i would like leave the, i would leave my house and i made sure i got an apartment really close to the the bank and i would walk and people would stop me and be like let me give you a lift i'm like it's an eight minute walk <laughs> i think i'm fine yeah. like, no no you like it's not safe it was actually safe because antenna is fairly safe and they have all those guards but i think people just weren't even used to like someone just voluntarily walking to work <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah then i worked for a while and then we're still talking about schooling and then i finally did my mba at oxford two years ago yeah and so that was it with yes.
0: honors <laughs> <distinction. laughs>
1: yeah distinction it was yeah i mean an mba is i i think a lot of people will do MBAs to pivot to do something different i was already in the private equity space i just started and i think i just needed some time off but i also really felt as if because i spent so much of my career in my 20s just working. I hadn't really done as much as, as much, hadn't had as much fun just relaxing and meeting different people. So it was really good for that. I learned a lot. I, I took a lot of different subjects, which I wouldn't have taken before. I did marketing. Mm. I did all these things that like, are actually very applicable to what I do now and like what I did before in investment banking, but you would never think about it. You would never think about how marketing Game helps peg. you like, Build better decks and like speak yeah. to, speak to sort of like investors a bit better because you yeah. understand what like their point of view. So
0: it was a good time. It was a good time. Okay. So I have a lot of questions, <laughs> <laughs> but while we're on the, the topic of um, your MBA, yeah. uh, I want you to tell us a bit more about it because I feel like with an MBA, it's one of those things that I don't know, personally, I know I wanted to do my MBA at some point. You know, a lot of us wanted to do MBA. It was something we aspired to quite a bit but i think a lot has changed since then so i want you to just take us through what has your what do you think what role do you think it's played in your life in your career i mean you've mentioned a little bit of it and mm. would you recommend it or who would you recommend go for it and under what circumstances of course it's just your perspective but yeah.
1: yeah yeah um so i think i'm gonna be very honest and some people might not like love this that i went to class with that i was in school with but i think there's no point of doing an MBA if you don't, if you aren't intentional about what you want specifically out of it. Mm. I think a lot of people sort of know that at some point you should do an MBA and they kind of do it, (laughs) but you're like, it's a lot of money for not having very like measurable and attainable and specific goals out of it. And I went to school with a lot of people who were just like, Oh yeah, I'm trying to pivot. And you're like, how, when, (laughs) why? It's a one year program. So like straight off the bat, Like even before you show up, like at least at Oxford, before you even show up, they're like, send us your CV because your CV books before you even show up are going out to employers. So you're like, you have Mm. to be focused right from the get go. So I think specifically for me, it was really great in the sense that I honestly, I needed time off from work. I'd kind of been working full out for most of my twenties and I I didn't have a nine to five, right? So like I was working really full out, like during the week, weekends I was traveling, like two weeks out of four. So like I literally spent most of my time just everywhere. Um, And I think also the more senior I got, the more you're like, okay, I'm getting senior pretty quickly. I'm a bit younger. Sometimes you just need to take a step back and sort of just go, what sort of managerial skills do I need? Can an MBA like actually give me that? And Mm. I think a lot of the time it kind of does. At least I felt as if it did, but also it it gave me perspective in the sense that I could just take a step back and go, okay, if if I was running particular things um, in a particular company, this is what I'd be thinking about. But also because you have so much group work, with people who are older than you and in different industries, industries and yes. different countries, you're like, okay, how do I manage the situation? How do I manage these people? Mm. Um, even having access to um, a personal coach, which I'd never had before, mm. you know, like I'd had mentors obviously, but I'd never had someone who sort of sits with me one-on-one every two weeks or three weeks or so and goes, hey, where do you think you are career-wise and getting to the next step? Mm. What would you like to change? What would you like to improve on from a um a skills perspective but also like from a a managing perspective and a people perspective i would never really thought about that and so for me it kind of ticked the boxes but i also think a lot of people do it for the wrong reasons and so they're just wasting their money and they should probably just sit at home or like you know go to a few courses get to know different people in different industries go to like talks etc because it's way better than wasting a lot of money for something you can't
0: you can't quantify. And something if you don't know what you're gonna do afterwards, you don't really know. Yeah, it's just a piece of paper. If you don't <laughs> actually put it to use, it's just a piece of paper. As with most things, right? Like yeah. it, things really are what you make of them. I agree. So you really need you should have a plan. You should know why you're doing this. Yeah. Okay. No, thank you for sharing that. That's actually awesome. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you because um, I feel like you got a lot of world. Worldly exposure, if that yes. makes sense, <laughs> when you were very young, mm-hmm. and I want to know how that has uh, translated into your work, if at all.
1: Sure, I think I think you know what I think. <laughs> I can actually already see all my colleagues being like, "Stop, <laughs> stop." Oh, um, I think a lot of. So I grew up in investment banking, right? And and a lot of investment banking really is about just honestly a lot of powerpoint a lot of advising. a lot of no it is it's a lot of powerpoint It's a lot of excel when you first start people make it seem so flashing you're like i'm in the office working on a powerpoint deck at three o'clock in the morning and i have to be back in five in like five hours and you're like but you go to someone's instagram and you're like no no this person's living their best life and you're like no yes and I was in the office that was like last weekend um, so I think my, oldie, honestly, I think because of that also, I think w- when you're put in front of a client, you kind of have to speak with a lot of conviction because you spend a lot of time in the weeds and like getting to know the numbers, etc. You have to speak with a lot of conviction. You have to speak with a lot of just understanding the business, but also with a lot of confidence. And I think really a lot of my exposure really made it possible for me to have a bit more confidence, one in myself, but also to have a really good view of what's happening in the world as a whole so whatever i sort of learn or whatever i'm working on i know how to sort of put it into context of things i've seen or things i've like read or things mm. i've really experienced so i'm not necessarily just speaking from a oh I, I did a desktop exercise on your company in a b and c it's more the fact that i'm oh actually i've i've dealt with your product in this particular instance and this is what i think oh, about the product yes. but also the numbers translate this way um so but also just Overall, understanding the world more, but also a lot of just confidence and speaking about things that you would have learned about anyways. But like if you there's a huge difference between crunching numbers and like understanding the business from a numbers perspective and just knowing the, from having been, been the, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's really what my experience has sort of yeah, it's sort of given me. But also just walking into a room and feeling as if, you know, I deserve to be here, which is something a lot of, I've seen a lot of the time where even people who are like super smart really struggle with sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, actually, because I'm like, I've done A, B, and C. i am like i have done ab and cii have every right to be here. Like no one can question like my presence in this particular room.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're very confident. <laughs> I don't know if I, okay. All right? I oh, it. at least it's coming because just from what you're saying, um, have you always been like this? Or is this something that you learned over time? And if so, where do you think it comes from?
1: Take it till you make it. No, i just. Uh,
0: but that's also true. <laughs> that is also that true. Is also true. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm a bit more outspoken than
1: I used to be. I think, yeah, because you said you were a shy child I growing up. I was a up. shy child. I was a little quiet. Like I was like, I got bullied a little bit in primary school, you know. You know, the <laughs> nerds are the nerd. They're like, oh, can you do my homework for me? You're like, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I'll do your homework for you. You're gonna, yeah. oh, you're gonna, okay. Um, no, I think, yeah, I think a lot of that confidence just has come from being a bit more well, well learned and like reading a lot. Um, And just being in having experience, to be honest, just having lots of different experiences, which might not all necessarily be, be what it led to me to my career or like, it's not all experience that has to do with my career. But like, because I've experienced so many different things, and feel like I've had quite a few different lives. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's easier to sort of just speak from a bit more confidence. And it might not necessarily be the fact that like, I talk more. It might be the fact that like I just listen more. And when I speak, I'm like A, B, and C. It might not even be the fact that it's my own original thought. It's the fact that I had, I had like the thought of like just keeping quiet and listening to what people had to say, and then perhaps sometimes regurgitating the same thing they said to them in like a in a better, more specific way.
0: Yeah. Like it is important because um, who was I talking to? I forgot, but one of my previous guests said, oh, we all love to talk. Hey, but whoever really stops and listens. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to and just it's listen. Very crucial. Very, very crucial. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you've also worked at a number of places. Right. And I was just thinking about this the other day. When do you know that it's time for you to leave? This is not about your current job, if anybody's <laughs> listening. <laughs> but, like, how do you make the decision that it's time for you to go on to the next place or the next, whether it's like position or switching companies completely? Uh, wow,
1: that's actually a really difficult question because I feel as if, for the most part, I I grew up in one particular bank. So I talk about these internships, but they're all at the same bank. Ah, and yes. then Beijing, China, London, all the same bank. And so, like, even making that decision to leave, to leave investment banking, to go to private equity in Kenya was a very mm. difficult one because I felt as if I'd grown up there and that was my family and even like the group CEO was my mentor at some point because he went to my high school in Canada. That's how I got involved with the bank. Um, but I think when I sort of moved from there, I felt as if I'd gotten to a point where I was not necessarily the most knowledgeable person in the room. Like my boss was brilliant. I like, I still think he's one of the smartest people. I've ever worked with, but I felt as if I'd gone to a point where I couldn't learn very much more from mm. a few of the people above me. And so if you get to a, that point, you're like, well, you could sit and collect a check, but you're also young enough that, like, you really should still be growing yourself and stretching yourself. And I felt as if I needed a, like, a new sort of challenge to stretch myself, um, but also I would not have just quit for the sake of quitting. I Like, I'm also a strong believer in that if you're going to move, one why are you moving i'm not mm-hmm. growing anymore okay move but also don't quit for the sake of quitting like fine what is your backup and a lot of people actually i've heard so many people say oh you know when it's not for you anymore it's not for you just quitting you're like oh, i'm like no black tax like i've got no i've got expensive taste like <laughs> paying for my lifestyle in these months where i'm like looking for a new yeah. job like
0: this is not a thing um, it is so romanticized, you know. Leave, if, yeah. Oh right? no, it's not. It actually, doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. You're like,
1: no matter how great your skills are, and I, I feel as if like when I left my like investment banking, like mergers and acquisitions, I felt as if like you know I could find another job even if it was, I wasn't right there, but I could find another job in two or three months. But I still was like, oh, let me see what's out in the market. Mm. Let me see where people are valuing my value. Because sometimes you think the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. And then you meet people and you're like, oh, this person's an idiot. I could never work here. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: what? <laughs> yeah, because the environment matters too. It's not just about the work that you're doing. Yeah,
1: exactly. And like, and someone actually said it, well, a bit of a tangent, but someone said it to me like at, at some point in my 20s that you know the, when you first start like working, it really is about like the role... Um, and what you're doing and then the more thing you get it's really about the person you work for mm. so if you don't feel as if you can't learn from the person you're working for your, your immediate boss then that's not a all for you
0: yeah absolutely okay so what have been okay wait before we get to the highlights i was going to ask you about your highlights um, so you work in private equity now. So tell us a bit about what you do, just for context. So what what you currently do, what a maybe what a typical day. Don't say PowerPoint. What's <laughs> <laughs> what a PowerPoint?
1: What's what a PowerPoint? Let's <laughs> <a
0: PowerPoint>. <laughs> <of> Excel. <laughs> what a typical day your life looks like, what you do, and what it all means. Okay,
1: so um, for most part, if you come from I guess a mergers and acquisitions um, background advisory, the holy grail is getting into private equity mm-hmm. because it's kind of you using the same skills you had before, but like it's way more interesting. You're kind of moving from like, um, the cells. you're moving from, um, uh, the sell side to the buy side. So on one side you're advising and on the other side you're actually doing and you're the client. And so typically a private equity fund raises money. Um, it, it ranges from anything, but currently our part of goal is around $500 million. And so you find, Businesses across Africa, specifically us, or like wherever your purview is—be it South Africa, be it East Africa—and um, you find businesses that you think you can grow and you can scale and you can make a profit from. So you buy them, you improve upon them in over a period of four to five years or four to six years, and then you sell another profit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I mean, that money does not go to you because yeah, casual. You ha- <laughs> the money does not Come go. Through, through. Let me grow you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. So you, so you have limited partners. Who are your investors? So they're the guys who usually front that 500 million dollars and give it to us to sort of invest. And you mm. go, okay, actually, um, we will give you back your 500 million dollars plus X. Any profit above X, we get to keep as a fund and mm. distribute like to like amongst us, okay. essentially. So I essentially a lot of my work is really about doing due diligence on new businesses, um, finding new businesses to invest into. Um, so looking at it from a financial perspective doesn't make sense from a commercial perspective doesn't make sense making forecasts for how the business will grow in the next few years based on what I know about the market and other things that like sometimes external people will tell us about the market or the product or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So lots of time speaking to people and getting to know what's happening in the market and who's up for sale. If anyone's up for sale, who's not doing well and who needs a solution to get out of like an investment. Um, a lot of due diligence, um, but also a lot of time spending on Excel and like really tweaking what we think is the most realistic um, scenario of this business growing yeah. based on what's happening. And then at some point, you have all of the confidence, you have all the you have all of the information. You take that, you put it into your investment memo. However long it is, thirty to one hundred pages, and you go to your investment committee and you go, guys, I've we've all this particular project team has been working on NPNC. We think this is a really great. Um, This is a really great uh, asset to invest into. Uh, We want to invest for six years. This is what we want to do with it from an asset management perspective. And so we do hospitality. So like if it's a hotel, you go, okay, this is is the two hotels we're looking to (laughs) invest into. We're going to grow like the restaurant. We're going to get new customers this way and this way and this way and this way. Um, Give us money. Let us invest so we can make you a profit. And so then the investment committee sort of... Either goes, tells you what their concerns are about like the business plan or commercially, and then they either go, Yay, let's invest into it, or they go, Actually, no, go back to the drawing board. It doesn't quite work.
0: That is so intense. It is. It's quite intense. It's a hey? lot of,
1: yeah, it's it's a lot of information gathering and like and risk a lot of different. Well. Yeah, all of the risk. Um, but it's also, you kind of have to ensure you have the best people at your disposal, right? Mm. It's not how smart you are, it's about how smart everyone you surround yourself with really is because if I'm bringing, if we're bringing something to the investment committee, it's not my opinion. It's an opinion based on a lot of industry expertise. Mm. Um, I'm just perhaps the one pushing it because I believe in it because A, B, and C have told me A, B, and C and I've done the numbers and it kind of works, um, but it really is about, yeah, gathering a lot of different information and being able to sort of synthesize it and go, okay, this makes sense.
0: And what would you say to someone that wants to follow in your path or <clears throat> or, or maybe what did you wish you knew before going down this path?
1: Ooh, what did I wish I and, knew? I, I didn't tell you I was going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, well, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm actually not sure, to be honest, because I think perhaps I would have had more advice for investment banking because I think that was... Okay. Way harder and it took up way more of my time. Whereas private equity is, it's like investment banking light. Um, <laughs> in the sense like you, sometimes you just still work the same amount of hours, but the work is a bit more interesting. Um, and so I guess perhaps the only advice in that aspect of private equity, it would be like, okay, what are you, what is the plan? I'm, I'm very much a plan oriented person. I'm like a five year plan, 10 year plan, 15 year plan person. So if you're going to join a fund, what is your plan? Are you ever going to leave? are you going to enjoy the work here that you can do it for 10, 15 years? Or are you going to go start your own thing? And I think mm. from like the first few years, even if you're still really crafting and learning, sort of have that in your head. And so you, you know that like, because there's so much to do within even every investment, there's things that you can sort of gravitate towards a bit more. So I do a lot of legal work and I'm not a lawyer, but like I like I get a lot of the documents and I read through them, but like I enjoy sort of understanding that, even mm. though it's not really, I'm not a lawyer, we still have a lawyer who does it, but so you, there's different things you could learn from each and every single thing you do. So what is your life goal? What are you trying to do after this? What can you sort of really learn from? And who, Which people can you learn from within um, the fund itself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK, nice. Yeah. Um, OK, so back to the question I had to ask earlier. Um, can you please take us through what, are, what have been some of the highlights of your career journey or life journey and what have been some of the lowlights, more importantly?
1: Um, highlights business business class. it's yes. kind of roomy. <laughs> it's kind of nice, you know. Nice. <laughs> That's a like love oh, it. I love, yes. it.
0: Uh, love but that. Also, what you said. St- Wait. <laughs> so can I just say? And I think we spoke about this before we started recording about how unapologetic you are. I love, love, love that. <laughs> oh, I know. No. So no. Okay. So <laughs> we're some of the highlights.
1: You know what? I think I've I worked at some really impressive deals over the years. Um, from an advisory perspective but also from an investment perspective and I think looking back I don't know whether I would have sort of clicked it would have ever clicked to me that this is something I'd be doing in my 20s or at my 30s well no I'm not in my 30s I'm I'm barely in my 30s Um, (laughs) but really I've worked at some really great amazing deals I've had some really great exposure um, internationally like Sitting with CEOs of like Lafarge, the biggest like cement mm-hmm. company in the world, and you're like, oh, and you're presenting to them, and you're like, I'm 24 at the time, and you're like, holy wow. crap, yeah, holy <laughs> crap, uh, which also comes with this downside. I'm pretty sure once someone was like, oh, how old are you? You look pretty young, and you're like, you would never ask that from a man, would you?
0: But okay, e- r- right? Like, let's keep it moving.
1: Like, I'll, I'll
0: smile through this. I I also <laughs> learned about not like I I'm very open, and I like to talk about. I don't mind talking about my age, yeah. but. A few years ago, I actually realized that it might work to my disadvantage. I never understood why people don't talk about their age. Like, women don't, don't tell, you know, they say women don't say their ages, and I'm like, ah, oh, come on. But then you realize in business that it could actually, how, like, it's ridiculous that I, it could be a disadvantage. I don't anymore, to be honest, because, like, I, I've never yeah. had an issue with it until, like,
1: one or two people asking, you're like, why exactly are you asking? Do I just look at, exactly. yeah, if you <laughs> ask this from a man? Chances are, you, you never wouldn't. ask it from a man, because... Mm-hmm. But I also kind of look a bit younger than I am, <laughs> so I kind of, I get it, but I'm also just like, I don't look like a baby, yeah. and what I'm saying to you makes sense, so why are you why saying Why does it matter? It? Why does it matter how yeah. old I am? Imagine me
0: with my quirky glasses I love this. Nobody even believes that these are, these are like prescription glasses. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Okay. And yeah, so are those your highlights? Is there anything else you want to add to your highlights?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've met some really interesting people, I've worked on some really great transactions, and i know. Honestly, I've seen a lot of the continent, which was one of the things I really wanted to do when I moved back. Mm. Uh, I really was like, I've never, I haven't really travelled Africa as much, and my jobs have sort of really given me that opportunity to spend a week doing work from Monday to Friday, and then spending, spending like the weekend over because I I really want to get to know the city and the people. Um, Yeah, so those have been some of the highlights. Uh, Lowlights? I'm not okay. So I think I, it's this is generally the thing. Investment banking requires a lot of time. Uh, it means you spend a lot of time in the office, away from your friends, away from family. Um, so those are probably, when I think about it in, in retrospect, um, that's probably been um, some yeah, some of the... Not the so great times. Uh, mm. My love life in my early 20s was complete trash. Like complete, complete trash. Because I literally lived in the office.
0: Yeah. Like, I,
1: I won't say who this is. This was not me. But someone actually even had like a sleeping bag underneath their desk. Because they just spent so much time there. that They, they were like, I need a proper nap. I can't just like go to my car and nap. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some of the lowlights. But sitting where I am, I think it was worth it. Um, but also I could have probably spent a bit less time in the office and just went to like YOLO and live my life a bit more, but I, yeah, there's no point crying over spilt milk, right?
0: Absolutely. There's this, there's this series called industry. Mm -hmm. Um, it's on, I forgot where it is. I think it might be Amazon No, or Showmax. I forgot. Anyway, but like, yeah, it shows a bit of your industry and it shows how like some of the grads would work so hard that they wouldn't go home. Some people would take naps in like bathrooms and I was like, is that real? Yeah, I, even not in New York,
1: because I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's very much New York. And you yeah. like, no, actually, if people are paying you for advice, because that's what you, like at the beginning, like when I was in investment banking, you do advisory, you advise clients. Mm. If people are paying you for advice, they expect the same amount of value, regardless of where you are in the world. And mm. so what that kind of translates into very often is the fact that you can always have better assumptions, your, your deck could always be prettier, which just means a lot and lots of man hours you know which is unfortunate but you learn a lot
0: and does that lend itself to i feel like wait i i feel like i want to ask you this question What <laughs> what's been the it might relate to what okay. you just spoke about but what's been the biggest sacrifice that you feel like you've made for your career
1: um yeah probably probably my love life probably my lack of love life at the time um yeah honestly it's just it, it just, it's a time thing, right? I think any relationship requires a lot of time mm. and sacrifice. So be it my love life or be it my friendships. And I'm so glad I have the friends I, I have, because at some point I think they just got used to it. At first, it, I also would fit, I feel, also really feel offended. Like I would land on a Saturday <laughs> and or like a Friday, sometimes I'd like work Monday to Thursday outside of the country and land on a Friday, go to work, come back on Saturday morning, I'm just like, like sleeping. And like by one o'clock I'm like on the social media, I'm like, these are all my friends together without me like what's oh, going on guys yeah. and they're like oh you're in the country like we thought you weren't around and you're like oh, <laughs> do I just stop getting invites you know mm. um but like, over time you sort of get into like a, a schedule where people like actually make sure that they check oh, you're around do you want to do this like are you sleeping do you need to rest And you're like okay you know what you find you you find your tribe you find your squad at a time but again like relationships friendships require time and effort which is yeah, in my 20s, probably that's probably the one thing that kind of suffered a little bit. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, that's hectic. And what has been the worst career advice that you've ever received? Um,
1: I don't know if this is the worst, but there's, there's this thing that's implied actually, which is kind of, it's, it's a little weird. One, I think it's, it's strange in the, sec- in the sense that like, I, obviously I've always worked in industry, industries where I'm the only person that looks like me in the room mm-hmm. very often. Um, and usually it's fine right it's it's people like oh you went to really good school you're really smart blah blah, blah. And you're like okay fine i'm sure there are other black women who look like me who who have experience like we are there in the room but then at some point then like a person of minority joined the team at least in like investment banking and i i remember laughing because everyone was like oh this must be like this you could ask to be a mentor blah blah, blah. and i was like okay and i did not get on with her that well to be honest and then i got so many other people within like the team and i think that's probably one of the worst advice i've ever gotten the fact that someone looks like you and they assume that that person is your go-to i i really believe in having mentors and having multiple mentors within be it a business be have someone within the business have someone outside of the the company Mm. but don't assume that person must look like you and don't assume that person like we'll have the same background as you. Some yeah. of the people who've really helped push my career forward. I've been white males mm. because they kind of got me, we sat down, we had the same work ethic. They got me, we, we, they understood where I was coming from. Um, and so understanding where someone's coming from is not necessarily because of your gender, because of your color. Sometimes it's just work ethic, what you want from life. And really it is the fact that people, you get to know people and you realize you have so many things in common. So perhaps, yeah, and I don't think anyone ever was like, this is advice, but it yes. was implied that the person I should gravitate towards. Is the one that looks
0: most like you. Yeah. yeah. And like,
1: those, are the ones who will fight for me. And you're like, no, actually, the people who fought me, fought for me for most of my career have not looked like me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. I ha- Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because I had a very similar experience and it's, it might be a bit weird coming from me, you know, the host of a podcast that yeah. profiles black women, <laughs> but I had a very similar experience where, in, at my at my previous job, where the person for me, my sponsor, mm. I had like two sponsors, and neither one of them were black females. Yeah, one was a white Afrikaans male, <laughs> yeah, old like, very as different, well, very like different. A much a much older white Afrikaans male. The other was a was a female Indian, but like, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that looks like you, and it it is. One of the reasons why, like I think I told you this before, why I started the podcast, because yeah. there isn't, just because someone looks like you, then there's that one person, doesn't mean that it's a person that you're going to learn from necessarily, Agreed. that you're going to look up to. I mean, you can and you, maybe you should, I don't know, but you need a pool. Exactly. You know, and even looking outside that pool is also important. I completely agree. I 200% agree. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, yeah. And I only realized that in retrospect that my sponsor was a white Afrikaans male person. Yeah. I'm like oh wow look at how that worked out right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay um cool so this is my favorite part of the podcast okay <laughs> yeah we're here already this is my favorite part of the podcast uh, where well, i asked my favorite question and the reason i asked this question is because i feel like when you were when you were younger at any age it could have literally been last week <laughs> it could have been when you were in primary school we all needed someone that we wanted to look up to or oh, there was something we needed to hear at some point in our lives. So I always like to ask all of my guests this question. Mm. If you could go back and talk to Yanga Nobuwe, what would you say to her?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. This is a little interesting because I just, not very recently, I, the years are now like, like all, all contracting <laughs> and a bit of a blur. <laughs> but um, I went back to my high school reunion and what they actually made us do um when you graduated was write a letter to yourself 10 years from now and then write a letter to yourself 20 years from now um
0: the 20
1: year one I think they mail to you the 10 year one if you're coming for a union they'll keep it otherwise they'll mail it to you And I remember opening mine and just being like oh that's hilarious because okay this is still very applicable (laughs) um but essentially my letter essentially went oh um you know just take time to smile the roses you work really hard so sometimes just remember that balance is very important. Like you don't have to work as hard, which is hilarious because very often I'm like, oh, it's because of investment banking that I'm like this. But you're like, if I could write that at 17, 18, it's just,
0: yeah. it's
1: like what, what came first, right? Like I was attracted to investment banking because it just requires you to work a lot or is it because I've just always kind of like been very driven and therefore it seemed like a career I wanted to get into. Um, so perhaps the same advice. I think balance is very, very important. Mm. Um, ensuring you have, you take time for the people around you, um, and take time for yourself because careers are really great, but also looking great is also really, really great. Mm. Like having emotional and spiritual balance is really great. Um, yeah, so I think the the advice I'd probably give myself is work really hard and get to know as much about the world as you can, but also don't forget that like you need to be a whole person. Um, and that really does mean. Having emotional balance, having spiritual balance and um being okay with yourself, you know, like having value and just being happy and being yeah. present.
0: So yeah, a little hippie, but No, think... I, I, I love that. And <laughs> I know I'm I'm technically not supposed to ask more questions after this. It's <laughs> was <I'm> supposed <laughs> to be the last question. But just leading leading on from that, how 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 does showing up for yourself in that way look like for you today?
1: Um, it just means that I I meditate. Um mm. I spend a lot of I also spend a lot of time with myself right now just because of COVID. Right. Um, so I meditate, I work out. I know that if I physically actually exercise, I will feel better. And therefore my day will actually be better. Mm. Um, so it really is about one ensuring that emotionally I'm okay. um, Be it therapy, be it, um, actually just keeping a journal and then sort of having a reference of like how I feel, um, meditating, exercising. Um, I love food, so I'm also really big about, like, treat yourself cool. Like, yeah. you're, like going out, Like, I will go out and have a <laughs> day by myself, and I have zero scum. I'm just like, yeah, like, treat yourself. Like, yeah. I, My favorite person in the whole entire world is myself. And if I don't love myself, I, I can't give back to people that I want to give back to around me. So it really is about ensuring that, like, and it's in your entirety, you're sort of happy, and you're a whole person. Mm. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is an amazing. Yay. So, what's next for you? What, what can we see? Or maybe even if we don't see it, whatever's <laughs> happening in the background. Just from you, what are your goals and plans? Well, that you can share, of course. Um, I don't know.
1: So, I think career-wise, I'm still on this path for a little bit longer. Um, I think at some point, I probably would like to have my own fund. Um, I also have obviously a lot of interests. Are sort of um just my, not so nine to five. Um, <laughs> I have. I'm starting a podcast that's fairly, well, we've already started the podcast, but we're like officially launching in the next few weeks. Um, And I'm really passionate about that. Um, Lots more traveling. I'm really passionate about getting to know the world and Africa as a whole. So hopefully a bit more traveling on the radar for myself. And who knows? Who knows? Random question. How
0: many countries have you been to in Africa? Do you know?
1: Uh, In Africa specifically, I would say at least thirty wow yeah i would say at least 30.
0: wow that's 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 amazing because we definitely i don't well it's not common for us to travel it's the worst we in our own con, in our oh, sorry, continent yes yeah it's the worst i really hope yeah i hope also that
1: be because it's also you know what you grow as a person but yeah. also you learn so much um from just i feel as if like i go and i see businesses outside like somewhere else and i'm like oh actually you know what it's so strange that South Africa is very different from this particular country. But, like, I could start a business doing this. And I would actually be solving a problem that I hadn't really thought about. But, like, mm. this is how you would solve it. Um, so, I feel like I'm constantly just learning by traveling, which is really great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. How can I Last promise is the last one. <laughs> you keep saying this. <laughs> how, can our, how can our listeners, like, get in touch with you, uh, follow your journey, and just keep up with you?
1: Okay. Um, so, I guess, I don't know if there's... Mo- instagram instagram i'm just um underscore uh, my new podcast is the Gist essay uh like you know gisting. um yeah so i'm really terrible about twitter i have a twitter but i'm very terrible about it so <laughs> probably can't reach me on twitter
0: uh, that's pretty much it yeah thank you so much thank you so much for sharing your story this has been amazing thank you so much for having me hey. thank you. Thank you so much for listening to she Brigade. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend you think will enjoy it too. You can also share it on your social media and tag us at she Brigade. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so feel free to email your questions or your suggestions to info at SheBrigade.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at she Brigade. Until next time, bye.